Well, hello and welcome to Q&A. If you are joining us live this morning, this is a great opportunity for you to text in your questions that you may have from the service. The number is up on the screen and we invite you to do so. If you are listening back later on a podcast, we are grateful that you've joined in and we would encourage you to subscribe. So anytime we post new content and we drop it, that you will get a notification and receive it. And so we do have some questions this morning. So continuing through our study in Ephesians. Okay. Ephesians 2, today made alive by faith. Yes. Love the illustration. And so if you're listening in or if you haven't watched yet, would really encourage you yeah. to watch the whole service to see that illustration this morning. Um, it is one really, of the— really, really helps. I think so. Uh, I hope so. I know some may have seen it before, um, but— uh, and by the way, I saw lots of folks taking pictures out there. Uh, if you were online, if you would like to kind of see it visually, just um, like Tracy said, go on to cfcjacks.com and you can watch and see um, the visual of how we try to add our work. So it's been very clarifying for the gospel. I literally, Tracy, have shared that dozens and dozens and dozens of times, mm. especially. And again, this is not... This is not being me being critical of folks who grew up in a Catholic stream of faith. That's sure. that's how they grew up. It's it's been the most for me anyway, clarifying way to help them understand what they have understood about a relationship with God versus what the Scripture says about by grace through faith in Christ alone. So hopefully, it's helpful to folks, and um, they'll use it as they share with other folks. Absolutely. I think it simplifies. I hope people will steal it. Yeah, steal it. Take it. (laughs) (laughs) There's no copyright on that. Right. Uh, I think it sets up a great opportunity for conversation. So um, also talked about uh, doubting our salvation. So Mm. first question here, how can we keep ourselves from doubting our salvation? Fear and worry can be really powerful. Yes, it can. Yeah, I I feel that, not theoretically, but I felt that very, Mm. very profoundly. I I was— and it not, it's not just because I was a kid. It was because I didn't understand the gospel. I was deathly, deathly afraid of Jesus coming back. I guess mm. as a kid, I didn't really think about dying so much as Jesus coming back and literally thinking I'd come home someday and I'd think, people are supposed to be here. Where's everybody? And I was like, Jesus came back and I got left behind. I was really afraid. And I was afraid because... Uh, I, as I said in the message, my personal story was, I wouldn't have known it then, but when I did wrong, I thought, uh-oh, maybe I've lost my salvation. I didn't understand that the gospel is that Jesus paid my penalty past, present, and future, that That's why Romans 8, 1 can say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So uh, the question is, fear fear is a very Mm -hmm. powerful feeling in our life. How do we deal with doubt? Um, I don't know that that doubt—you can't just say, don't doubt, don't doubt, don't doubt. Like— That'd be like telling my teenage son, don't have a crush, don't have a crush, don't have a crush on the girl. Uh, What am I supposed to do with that? So Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say to you, don't doubt, don't doubt, don't doubt. I would say to you, when you doubt, 
remind yourself of the truth of the scriptures. Simply go back to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, the, the passage, and say, if you're, well, it may be if you're doubting because you think your sin has disqualified you. No, my sin has been taken out of the way, Colossians 2, 13, 14. It's been nailed to the mm-hmm. cross. If you're doubting because you don't think you've been doing enough good things, that was true for a friend of mine. Uh, it wasn't her sin so much. It was her lack of doing good things. Oh, the balancing. Yes, of like, well, it's not that I'm doing a lot of bad things that's causing me to doubt. She wasn't sure of her salvation because I know I always could have done more. And that's true. We could have right. always done more, which mm-hmm. is why it's good that our doing has nothing to do with it. So Absolutely. if it's sin uh, that's causing you to doubt your salvation, go to Colossians 2, 13 and 14. If it's uh, the fact that you're not doing enough good, go to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. If it's that you don't think, ah, will God keep his promise, go to 1 John 5. 1 John 5 says, he who has the Son has life. He who doesn't have the Son doesn't have life. And he says, I have written these things to you that you might know that you have eternal life. Hmm. So I think... Maybe that was too fast or too confusing. Think, what's causing me to doubt? And then, what's the Bible say about our salvation? Because there's different things. It may be sin. It may be a lack of good works. It may be maybe God won't keep his promises. Hopefully, that helps. So, don't tell yourself, don't doubt. Tell yourself the truth about what's causing you to doubt. I think that's very freeing. I Similarly, when I was a kid, um, the Left Behind series had come back, and I was so yeah. afraid. And that's what the teaching was on, them, like in Revelation. Right. I was so fearful. But I, I always said, like, I should not doubt. Like, I am wrong because I'm doubting. Therefore, I must not be, you know, so it was right. that struggle, not the freedom to say, okay, if I have this doubt, now deal with it. Why? What, you know, and think through it. So I don't know if this is true for you. What happened for me, because I doubted as a kid, somebody was like, well, you just need to remember the date that you accepted Jesus and write it in my Bible. And and when you doubt, read it. Read what you wrote in your Bible. Uh, I accepted Jesus Christ September 15th, 1974. Uh, I understand that, but I'd rather read what God wrote in the Bible instead of what I wrote in the Bible. And you might be... uh, listening and going, I, I get concerned because I don't know if I really, I didn't understand everything. Mm. Nobody, when they come to Christ, understands everything. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's not like, well, now I understand more. Uh, I didn't understand everything. Or you may go, uh, I don't know if I was sincere or not. I get asked that. I don't know if it was genuine. I don't know if mm-hmm. I was. I've, I used to kind of go, well, tell me about that and try and figure out the sincerity. That is like an impossible. <laughs> How do I know if you were sincere or genuine right. 10 years ago? I actually have learned to simply say, you have breath today. And I don't know if you were sincere in the past or not. Would it be true of you today that you would admit your sin, believe in Jesus, and receive his free gift of forgiveness? Not by anything you've done, but by what Christ has done. Is there anything that's keeping you from agreeing that 
no. I said, well, the Lord's giving you breath. You don't need to figure out what would have happened had you died the last 10 years because you didn't. Right. Declare your faith in Christ now. Sometimes we think, oh, no, I, I should never. It's kind of the way I was taught. Don't, don't say it again because that doesn't mean you really, it shows that you didn't really believe it before. Well, I, I think I'm okay with saying, I believe it today, Lord. So if you're wrestling with doubt because you're not sure about your past, declare what you believe today and you will be saved. It's free. It's free. 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 <laughs> it really is. Um, so question here on seeking forgiveness. If all our future sins are forgiven, mm. why do we need to continue to confess our sins to God? Great question. Great question. Uh, you don't in order to reestablish relationship mm-hmm. with God. We do, and this is, this is not semantics, this is very crucial. We confess our sins, not because our sins have separated us from God, but they have grieved the Holy Spirit within us, and they are breaking our walk with God, our fellowship with God. So think relationship, think fellowship. Best example, I think, is I think the difference between, uh, well, since I've married Jackie, I've sinned against her, and she sinned against me. We didn't go back and get remarried. Why? Because we were still married. Was our relationship in terms of our marriage ended? No. Our fellowship within that marriage was not good at the moment. And what, what did it need? It needed us, if I had sinned against her, it needed me to say, Jackie, I was wrong. I confess that to you. Uh, and will you please forgive me? So when I sin against God, as a child of God, it's sin. I agree with it. I don't think it separated me from him. I confess it to him so that I might walk in it, that I might live in mm-hmm. daily fellowship with him. But there is, hear me clearly, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I don't confess it because I'm back under condemnation. I want you to hear that clearly. I confess right. it because I want to walk with him. And to uh, Hosea, I'm going to get it wrong. Minor prophet said, two do, not, two do not walk together unless they agree. Hmm. So I can't walk with the Lord in fellowship with him until I agree with him about my sin. And he forgives me, not because wrath has come, but because fellowship's restored. Hmm. That, Hope that helps. I think it's a great explanation. Also taking a physical relationship that we experience to yeah. be able to explain that is always helpful. Yeah. Otherwise, Jackie and I'd be married like 4,700 times now. Again? <laughs> More cake. <laughs> More cake. Um, so when you walk through the illustration, you talked about God owning or lordship yeah. of our lives. So a question here, if someone asked, why would I want God to own me or be Lord over me, how would you respond? No, because I believe he's good. Mm-hmm. Because I believe he's wise. Uh, a lot wiser than I am. <laughs> a ton, ton, ton yes. wiser than any of us. Uh, he knows the past, present, and future. 
He knows the future better than I know the present. I believe that he is good. And so um, I, I'm a fool, and this is part of my confession now. Uh, I, I'm a fool when I don't trust him. So there's this great picture in Exodus where uh, a slave, after seven years of service, gets to go free. But a slave can say, no, my past six years of serving under him have taught me he's a good master. He loves me. And so a, a slave could say, no, I love my master. And they would take an awl and pierce his ear. And the piercing of the ear and the earring would show a voluntary submission to the ownership of that master based on the slave's experience of the master's goodness. That's a great picture for me of recognizing that to be under the lordship of Jesus is because I believe he's a good master. I believe he's wise. I believe he knows what's best. I believe he will always, as Romans 8 says, work for good in my life. And I'm only a fool when I run from him, not when I submit to him. So that's why I would. Yeah. And I think we can all think back through experiences in our life, whether conflict or even thinking back last week to sorrow, the Romans 8.28 reference, you can see that good in the heart. Yeah. So a testimony Thursday night, uh, one of the guys got baptized. He really struck me. He said, uh, that he had believed in Jesus, uh, that he believed he was born again, and he wasn't doubting the sincerity of that, but he acknowledged, I went my own way and did my own thing. And he said, the Lord always brought me back, either by the conviction of the Holy Spirit and me responding to that conviction conviction and confessing my sin, or he said, or at times it was just the unpleasant, painful consequences for the foolish decisions mm. that I made that caused me to go, I was a fool, Lord, and repent. So uh, there was a time in my life I didn't want to submit to the leadership of Jesus because I felt like um, the walls, the commands of God were burdensome and they were imprisoning me. They were keeping me from the life I really wanted. I've come to believe, and I hope you would as well, that the commands of the Lord are indeed walls. But they're not prison walls. They are palace walls. They are protective walls from the destructive consequences of sin. And sin destroys. And some of us have to learn that the hard way. God is not against us. He's for us. His laws are not to rob us. His laws are to protect us. They're good. They're not burdensome. So uh, I'm a fool when I don't live inside them and I run outside them. I would gladly place myself under the lordship of Jesus. Absolutely. Um, so this is a, a statement rather than a question that came in, but I think an opportunity to really encourage here. Um, simply said, I doubt because my past failures still haunt me. Mm-hmm. So I know we talked about fear, but those failures that sometimes we can't allow ourselves to move past sure. is maybe. So what comes to mind is um, 
Peter followed Jesus, promised he would die for Jesus, and then did. He went chicken. He denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. Uh, While Jesus is laying down his life for us and for Peter, Peter is chickening it out, and his failure is great. He goes back to fishing. Jesus meets him along the Sea of Galilee and has a private conversation with Jesus. And he says, do you love me? And Peter goes, you know I love you. Feed my sheep. In other words, he invites him. Do what I've called you to do. Do you love me? You know I love you. Feed my sheep. Three times. And I think three times for the reminder, I know you. I know you failed three times. And I am inviting you to return and walk with me. So this person, Jesus knows your failures. He's not blind to them. If you've trusted in him to be your savior, he's not holding them against you. The penalty has been paid, and uh, he wants you to live in the freedom that he has purchased for you in Christ, that you would not focus on your failures, but that you would focus on the freedom that you have in Christ. So um, it's the lie, honestly, it's the lie of an enemy who wants us to think our failures are too great or our works are good enough. Mm-hmm. He'll get us with either one of those lies. Our failure is too great, or our works are good enough, and neither is true. It's all Jesus. So go back to Jesus and believe that he is greater than your failures. Romans 8, go to the end of it. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Absolutely. Great encouragement. So another quick question here. It says, is belief in Jesus through faith considered a work? Huh. Um, in John chapter, I believe it's John chapter 6, maybe John chapter 7, Jesus says this. This is the work that you believe. So in that sense, if you want to call it a work, you can call it a work, but it's a work in the work in Jesus. So it's not a work that saves us, but to Jewish people who believed it was by works, Jesus was willing to say, this is the work that you believe. It's only yeah. through Christ. Yeah. You know, when I first came, uh, well, I was in town at uh, And we started, Jackie and I, freshly married, we started looking at churches around here. And we went to a large church here in Mandarin. And I'll never forget this because at the end of the service, the pastor gave an invitation. And a gal came forward. We sang a song. And then they baptized her. Like, wow. The day she, the morning she, within 10 minutes of her walking forward, they baptized her. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really fast. Interesting. And I was curious, genuinely curious. I went up to the pastor afterwards and I said, uh, I, I've never seen where a baptism happened within minutes of a person walking forward. Tell me about that. And he said, well, 
Well, the Bible says faith without works is dead, and the work that shows your faith is genuine is baptism. And I was so called off guard. I was like, whoa, so are you suggesting that if someone genuinely believes in Jesus, admits their sin, believes and receives the free gift of salvation, but is not baptized, they're not saved? He said, no, they're not. I was a little shocked um, because that is, it was obviously a Protestant church. It was a baptism is necessary for salvation. Uh, As you might imagine, I talked to him about, what about the thief on the cross who cried out and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Uh, There's no opportunity to be baptized there. So either baptism is necessary or it's not. Now, I do believe that those who believe in Jesus should be baptized, not in order to be saved, but because they are saved. We have to make sure we get our baptism on the right side of our salvation. It is in response to our salvation, not in order to gain our salvation. Absolutely. It's everywhere. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was a great conversation. Excited to continue through Ephesians. I hope you guys have a great day.